The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. The South African public had until the 25th of Feb to respond to the Constitution's 18th proposed amendment bill, B1 of 2023. That bill intends to amend or looks to amend at least Section 6 of the Constitution in such a way that South African Sign Language is added to the list of the 11 existing official languages. Professor Theodorus Duplessis at the University of the Free State says it is not necessary to make South African Sign Language an official language. He says this will merely grant symbolic recognition to the language, which will not necessarily grant more rights to persons with hearing impairment than they currently already enjoy. He fears that the obsession with the officialization of South African Sign Language will end up being another smokescreen for neglect of duty by the state. An interesting perspective. I have Professor on the line, Professor Theodorus Duplessis from the Department of South African Sign Language and Deaf Studies at Kofsis to tell us more about that. Prof, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Songezo. I'm, I'm quite surprised that that would be your position. Why? Why? Because I'm uh, in the sign language department. No, no, no. Just that the the reality of recognition and what perhaps it might mean for those communities who belong to that particular segment. So, for instance, if Isikosa was not made an official language of the country and the other ten were, I would feel somewhat not seen by the system because of all the other languages being official languages of the country and Isikosa not. Might that not be the thinking that translates to those who are sign language users or the community of sign language and deaf communities, generally speaking? No, I I think you're absolutely right. That would be, it's an interesting argument. That would be the case. Uh, But the problem is, uh, what does it help you? You know, um, how, so if you use the Koza example, uh, okay, now people feel included, they uh, feel they're part of everything, but what the, how does that help them? Can I answer that? Uh, it, it doesn't help them to, when they go to a, a state department, let's say you go to register the birth of your child, you have to do it in English. You, you don't need to do it in Kosa. And if you would ask for a form in COSA, I would be very surprised if there is one. Professor, Uh, I think there are a couple of things that are just fundamentally flawed in this argument you are proposing to me. First of all, I don't have to, to, being the word, have to register a birth in English. I can register it in Isikosa. And I can because it's an official language. You work at a university where before 94, there was only one language. That was Afrikaans. Now it is one of three languages, Afrikaans, English, and Sasutu. I was at school as well at Stellenbosch University, where at the time, pre-94, the language was just Afrikaans. Now it is English, Afrikaans, and Isikosa. Official languages of the university, official languages of the province. I can therefore agitate like I did when they gave me two certificates at Stellenbosch in, is, in English and Afrikaans. I said, there are three languages of the university. There is one certificate that is missing. I needn't have told them what it was. They didn't dispute it. They gave it to me. So the fact that it is reduced as Isikosa being an official language, I can start to demand 
on a basis that creates expectations of not just the feeling of being seen, but creating a culture of being seen and the reality and the benefits of being seen. That's yeah, how I'm I, responding I, to that very briefly. No, it's wonderful. I think you're the first ones in Africa that I've come across that uh, have this point of view. And excellent. I want to congratulate you. But uh, unfortunately, that's not what happens daily on the street. And that's not how it functions daily. So uh, the What do you mean by that? that if I go to I, court, I can require to be engaged in my language. That's why there no, are interpreters you, in court. So if I'm no, going you engage, can't. Uh, no, you can't. The Constitution uh, only says you have the right to uh, ask for something to be interpreted if you cannot follow the court proceedings. Uh, so you first of all, first of all, have to prove that you can't follow the court proceedings. Let's say they in in English, like the, it's mostly the case, uh, and the uh, judges have now decided three years ago that English will be the only language of record. But you you can then ask for an interpreter, but uh, that's a very limited right. You can't demand it, uh, and it, in that right uh, is for all languages. It's, Professor, it's where do you get what you are saying? Where, where in do you the get Constitution. What you're it's in the Constitution. Where it's in the Constitution? In the Bill of Rights. Where? Read it. Rights. Read it. No, I don't have it before me. I'm it doesn't holiday. exist. It doesn't exist. No, what you are saying? No, no. Please, please, please. It is uh, in the Bill of Rights. Uh, there is. Um, Right to be arrested in the language that you understand, and right and the right to be uh, heard in the language if you, that you understand. And if if you uh, cannot understand the language of the court, then you can ask for the proceedings to be interpreted. But that, that's for any language. Not it doesn't apply to official languages only. All right. So if, if you Polish you can uh, ask for it. If you're Russian, you can ask for it. And that's what we call a uh, universal um, linguistic human right, which which is nice, it's fine. Uh, and that's exactly the right that every uh, deaf person in South Africa has as well. Uh, so uh, you don't need your language to be official to be able to uh, try and claim that particular right. And it applies to uh, all the uh, linguistic human rights that we have in the Bill of Rights, uh, they all apply to non-official languages because they apply to universal language rights that you would find in any civilized democratic country. Uh, so you don't need your language to be official to be able to have these personal rights to claim these individual personal rights. Uh, and yeah, that's the question. So why do you need a language to be official? What do you do with a language that is official? That is the, the question. And I've answered what you do when a language is official. You can enforce your rights. It's, it's, it's not about feeling here. It's about no, but creating... There, there's, no, there's no official right. You don't have in the Constitution 
any basis for claiming a particular right because your language is official, because there are just no provision in the Constitution for that. All that the Constitution says is that the state should function in at least two official languages. And uh, that that has been extended to three in the Use of Official Languages Act in 2012. Uh, they made it now three. But it can be any three. So if your language is not... In, in, let's say you want to claim a right in Koza, and it's not one of the three used, you have no right. And even if and even if it is, you still have no backing in the Constitution to claim that right. So the example that you gave of the University of Stellenbosch uh, has nothing to do with official languages. It has to do with a particular institution that decides in which languages it would function. I'm, I'm quite surprised that COSA uh, is featuring there because uh, what we read in the news and in the media every day is that everything is only English. But that's a good sign to hear what you said, that you could actually get them to give you something in COSA. That's fantastic. Congratulations. That's a big step forward. But that has nothing to do with official language. Prof, at the risk of you repeating yourself, let me say this. My right to access to water has got nothing to do with language. The, the, I, I think we are talking past mm-hmm. each other here, and I don't know how. We are talking okay. about language and the value for language. And in this instance, how South African Sign Language being made official, what would it do for that community? That's what we are talking about here. My right okay. to water is not predicated on a particular language, so I, I don't know why you even suggested that. I, I don't see the value in that. But let me make no. practical examples as to the use of language in our court system. And I had the privilege of clerking at the Constitutional Court, so I think I would be quite aware of what it is in relation to language and the courts. Justice Mandi Samaya recently penned a judgment in Isikosa. There are many law reports that have judgments written in Afrikaans. And any judge can do so, write a judgment that is, in any language of that judge's proficiency. Now, that is access to courts. If I am in a court, I have a right to be engaged in the language of my choice. In this instance, I could simply say, Mm -hmm. I want to engage this evidence and the cross-examination, if I'm going to be put to the witness stand, in Isikosa. The court has an inherent obligation to facilitate for yeah, me has, in that regard. So, no, the court has no uh, obligation to... You don't have that Shall we right. take a break? Because there's a countdown now. We're going to continue this after the break. Best belief. The conversation is why is it why it is unnecessary to make South African sign languages the 12th official language. That is the position assumed by Professor Theodorus Duplessis from the Department of South African Sign Language and Deaf Studies at the University of the Free State. Well, you've heard how it has gone for the last 15 minutes. I don't need to rehash that. So if you are participating and following this conversation, I certainly would appreciate your thoughts on that. 86 that's the number to dial. Otherwise, 0861-104-107, that's the WhatsApp facility to engage this conversation. 
it is quite clear that the professor and I are not finding each other on some what I think are basic issues in relation to the arrangement of the Constitution and matters incidental thereto. But what I don't think there can surely be a dispute on is the value of what being recognized in your language does for the individual, not just for being seen purposes, but in how you access information, how through access of information you can arrange your affairs better. And in arranging your affairs better, you can attribute that to, for instance, language. Language keeps information locked for those who cannot engage on it. The fact that we are having this conversation is probably true to the fact that he doesn't have to worry as a professor. He's an Afrikaans speaker, surname is Duplessis, University of the Freistaat, and his languages has always been part of the mainstream. So I'm not surprised he is espousing the position that it's not necessary, therefore, to make sign language an official language. If a person, however, from the community could unfortunately participate with us, I would anticipate that there would be a different perspective. I've offered perspectives as to how Isikosa being made an official language of the university, I was able to enforce certain positions which, absent the language itself being an official language of the university, I simply would not have been able to. And that is true for how one engages the state and how engages one's socio-economic and political development. I don't know if you still want to assume a position that is at variance with mine against what I've said, Professor. Yeah, look, <laughs> uh, what you talk about is the value of a language uh, to a person, to the individual, and all of that, and that, nobody disagrees with that. And the Constitution uh, protects that in the Bill of Rights. So in the Bill of Rights, we have a range of language rights that are not linked to your language being official. What do you mean a language uh, right? What is that? Uh, uh, so it's a constitution. Let me, uh, you, you force me now to, to pull out in the constitution while I'm on holiday. So if you read in the, in the Bill but of Rights... Don't say right, that, but you agree to come on air and we're going to be talking about a constitutional <laughs> let's, issue. Let's, let's talk about, you know, you've been uh, busy on the, on the court thing. So in the, in the, in the Bill of Rights, uh, we have in section 35... K, you have the right to be tried in a language that the accused person understands or if that is not practicable to have the proceedings interpreted in that language. So that is a, a right accorded to a language and in this instance the language right is accorded to an individual and it doesn't say you have the right to be tried in an official language that the accused person understand, that's not written there. So uh, this is one example of language rights that we find in our Bill of Rights. What section is that? There are a range of them. You mentioned, for instance, uh, the right to access. That's one of them. Uh, uh, the right to education in the official language of your choice. That's one of them. So you have a, a range of language rights in the Bill of Rights that protect every South African, uh, every citizen, irrespective of whether the language you speak is an official language or not. And those rights are very strong. And that's where the two of us actually completely agree on this. Uh, that these are the rights that you have as an individual 
and that makes you a person and all of that. That's what you're talking about. So these rights are protected, and we have them in the Constitution. What we are talking and and even deaf people have these rights. The the problem is that uh, let's take the one of interpreting. If you're a deaf person, you get to the court, and they complain about this. Many times, there aren't interpreters available for in sign language for uh, deaf people that end up in court. Correct. And then it's a then it's a hangover battle to get uh, those interpreters. Making sign language an official language is not, not going to change that because that right that I've just read to you is not linked to an official language. It's linked to the person. So it's, it's, it's a very... This is uh, where you uh, and I agree, Professor, because if you look, have... Exactly. That, exactly. We agree on the point. No, I'm saying this but, is where you and I disagree. We disagree oh, okay. because if that right, if, in other words, if that language is recognized in the Constitution, that person then is in a position to say, I demand to be engaged in my language. I'm unable to follow proceedings in Afrikaans, in Isikosa, as the case may be, but I can mm-hmm. in my language. So that person effectively has no access to courts by virtue of that person's inability to engage these proceedings in the language that he or she, in this instance, is proficient in, and that would be sign language. So again, my point is this. As Section 30 suggests of the Constitution, everyone has the right to use the language and to participate in the cultural life of their language choice, but no one exercising these rights may do so in a manner inconsistent with any provision of the Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. I think that is pretty clear. If I am in but, a position... Yeah? But this is what we agree. This is what I've been saying all along. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if you try to misunderstand me. I'm no. trying to make a simple point that is we have a range of language rights uh, guaranteed in the Constitution. You've mentioned more than one now already. And those are rights we can claim. We don't need our languages to be official to be able to claim that right. Because I, they, these are universal in, uh, linguistic human rights that you could find in most uh, constitutions of democratic states in the world. All of them would have these rights that are guaranteed. And if we, if we did not have these rights, we were not uh, a democratic country. Prof, let me propose to leave it there. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. It certainly is a conversation that merits far deeper conversation and perhaps to understand exactly what it is that you and I are disagreeing on. But that introduction and the early points that you made made me say what I said. But on another day, perhaps we might just find each other both in content and in language. For now, thanks for your time.